Weekly Loss Podcast, episode number 250. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hey, cool, you fixed it. Don't expect anything. The chances of getting a signal are slim at best. Static's good, right? No. Reception is good. Wait, what's that? It's Russo signal. Crap. But this radio has a wider bandwidth. (laughs) That's what you call a party and a podcast. Hold it! Stop! Do you hear that? Welcome to the weekly Lost Edition of the Generally Speaking Production Network. Now, here are your hosts, Stephanie and Cliff. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Lost Podcast. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. I'm Stephanie Ravenscraft. And oh, my goodness, Stephanie, I am still like I'm still like uh, coming off of this total massive high from all the awesomeness that was the interview that we had the opportunity to do. Was that yesterday? It was yesterday. Wow. It was so much fun. It, it was, really was. He was a pleasure to interview. It, he was an absolute pleasure to interview. And, you know, in in uh, in honor of our dear friend now, Francois Chow, <laughs> I'm going to kick this episode off with this piece of audio fee- or audio from the episode. In a world of conflict and strife, there is but one fact we all can agree upon. Everybody loves Hugo. <laughs> Born to humble surroundings. Hugo Reyes has always been a beacon of light for all who crossed his path. Hugo's lifelong love affair with chicken led him to acquire and then expand the Mr. Cluck's chain into a worldwide phenomenon. The exponential growth of Hugo's success was startling. But financial success wasn't the end. It was the beginning. Hugo and giving became synonymous. Parks, playgrounds, hospitals, the Mr. Cluck's House for Children. The philanthropy was unparalleled. Which brings us to this evening and the opening of the Hugo Reyes Paleontology Wing at the Golden State Natural History Museum, a lasting beacon of culture that bears the name of one of our city's greatest benefactors. Ladies and gentlemen, our man of the year, Hugo Reyes. That is our good friend, Francois Chow. And, uh, you know, again, shout out to him for being such an awesome, uh, you know, actor that would participate in an interview with us. It was it was a huge blessing for us and the community. And uh, yeah. And, and for those of you who maybe I mean, I don't know what rock you might be under, but I, I imagine there's rocks big enough that people might be under them. If you don't know what we're talking about, <laughs> episode, <laughs> episode number 249 of the Weekly Lost podcast is a 40 minute interview with uh, the actor that, of course, plays Dr. Mark Wickman, uh, Pierre Chang, Edgar Hallowax. And our our favorite, Dr. Marvin Candle. Your favorite. Well, my favorite. Okay. And of course, um, are you all right over there, Steph? I have a tickle in my throat. Okay. That won't go away. Anyway, uh, we got a total score on a a scoop 30 minutes into that episode, right at the 30-minute marker. Right. So uh, if you're not into spoilers, you probably don't want to listen to it. It's it's light. It's it's a light. light no. But but for those of you who don't even like to know what's coming up next week on Lost as far as the promo title and 
who's going to be in an episode. You, you probably don't want to listen to this episode uh, until after the finale. But I will tell you, it's it's an awesome. I, it was a blast. It was it was very much so. Yep. And and there's potential. What's up with all the brackets on these show notes? Are you like able uh, to check them off as you go? I or? am. I am. And okay. I'm using a special program, right. which I'll get you access to the program. Well, that's cool because it just week. looks really creepy. I know. Reading it from my email. It does. I understand. I'm, I'm <laughs> okay. always doing things Do you know, new. One thing that we asked him that um, back to the interview, yeah, that's obviously, um, that I was thinking about afterward, you know, one thing that we asked him was that. You know, when he was doing those orientation videos, was he getting the entire script or just, you know, his part? And he said he was just getting the monologue part and, you know, and, you know, would read it. But now that there's he has more of a part, actually, he's getting the entire script and he's finding out that, you know, maybe he was playing those characters incorrectly or because. But I was thinking about it. I'm like, actually, that's Pierre Chang playing the part of. Dr. Marvin Candle. Yes. And that's Pierre Chang playing the part of is it Mark Wickman. Mark Wickman and, and Edward, Edgar, Edgar ha- Hallowax. So actually, he, he's not wrong because he was, it was the character that he is developing now that was playing the part of those people. So anyway, that's just something that I was thinking about later on when we were finished. Right. Just that I don't think that he would have played them incorrectly. Like kind of, he led us to think that. Yeah. He, he, he said he, he just, you know, just like on other shows, when you get a part, there could he, have been he, more there was, development he, of the character back then. Right. But I think that's really happening now. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, well, we will move right along into what the weekend show is all about here. And of course that's your feedback and reaction to the episode. And we're going to turn to some listener feedback. Yes. Colonel Locke, is this line secure? Line secure, go ahead. Hey, Cliff, Stephanie, Toy. This is Michelle from Texas. This is Kim from Indiana. Josh from California. Jennifer from Florida. Sam in Tucson. Kimberly from California. Paul in Memphis, Tennessee. Listener feedback. Target areas acquired. We are a go. Roger that. Alrighty, Stephanie, we are going to turn things first over to our good friend Ed in South Carolina. And this is what Ed had to say. Hey, this is Ed from South Carolina calling for the Weekly Laws Podcast. Wow, enjoyed the episode last night. Um, I was so proud that Hurley got to be with Libby. I'm very proud that Herb, uh, that Hurley is showing just, just exuding more and more confidence as we come down this final stretch. Um, I love the interaction between him and Jack. I thought that was great. Jack saying, I am giving up, or I'm letting go of my command, um, which I think is maybe his lesson that he's had to learn all along, and Hurley taking on the confidence role. That's just great. Um, I totally was just blindsided by Alana blowing up. I never saw that one coming. I'm sad. I liked Alana. Uh, I really wanted to see her character come in and take the reins and really kind of lead these uh, lead these guys kind of fight the smoke monster. Uh, but I guess ultimately the whole plane um, and how they deal with each other um, kind of what, what leads you to wonder where Richard's going to fall into this. Considering he really wasn't on the plane, and that's what it's kind of turning into, people on the plane versus people on the plane. Um, I guess 
Um, there, Michael um, got him a dentist in the afterlife because those are some big old crowns that he got um, since he died on that boat. Um, I don't know if y'all noticed that, but me being a dentist, um, it certainly showed out to me. So, um, Michael, you need some more work done. Um, other than that, enjoyed it and uh, look forward to uh, listening to some more uh, podcasts. Talk to y'all later. Bye. Ed, thank you so much. Uh, yeah, I agree. It was totally awesome to see Hurley end up with Libby uh, in this in the sideline, I guess, if you want to call it that. Uh, and I, I definitely like seeing Hurley take a little bit more of the leadership role. I that, did, too. That was a that was a good part of this episode. Uh, Jack also you kind of turning things over to Hurley a little Absolutely. bit. Absolutely. It know? was good. I like this. Uh, here's another clip from this. So what do you think we should say to Locke when we get there? I mean... How do you break the ice with a smoke monster? Don't worry about it. Something tells me he's going to do most of the talking. But he could just kill us all. Yeah, he could. I didn't see Jacob back there. I, I just said it because I wanted everyone to listen to me. I know. Why'd you come with me? Ever since Juliet died, ever since I got her killed, all I've wanted was to fix it. But I can't. I can't ever fix it. You have no idea how hard it is for me to sit back and listen to other people tell me what I should do but I think maybe that's the point maybe I'm supposed to let go unless you letting go gets us killed going to see Locke was my idea not Jacob's Early, you asked me to trust you this is me trusting you it's a good thing you do dude because I have no idea where I'm going <laughs> I have no idea where I'm going I really like that I, I, I just it's not just Jack's faith that he had several weeks back in Dr. Linus. It's, I mean, having faith in people yeah, and, and following them, even though, you know, they really don't have a clue what they're doing. You mm -hmm. know, I just, I really love the changes that we've seen in Jack. Absolutely. Another thing that Ed uh, mentioned is that he never saw this coming. All right, let's go. We have to make it to the outriggers and across the channel to Hydra Island before nightfall. You have a dynamite. Four sticks. Enough to destroy the cockpit and all the instruments. That plane will never fly. Um, I don't know if that's a good idea. I mean, for one thing, that stuff's really unstable. You have to trust me. I've been training my whole life for this. To blow stuff up. To protect you. Yeah, but how's blowing up the plane protecting us? With that plane gone, that thing won't be able to leave the island. Yeah, well, neither will we. And then we'll be stuck here with it, and they'll be angry at us. Jacob said Richard would know what to do. And Richard said to blow up the plane, correct? Yes. Well, Jacob never said anything about it to me. I mean, what if Richard's wrong? Hugo, I'm looking out for your best interests. All of you. Nothing is more important than this. That thing is evil. And God help us if it ever leaves this island. Because if it... <laughs> I love it. Oh. Is this the part of the podcast where Even I'm supposed to speak audio. out against <laughs> violence on television? I don't know, maybe. I'm not but sure. I I love violence on television when directed at the correct people. And <laughs> why while, don't you like Alana? I'm, I'm not saying that I didn't like Alana, but the woman should have been, if she'd been training for this her whole life, she would have known not to drop the bag of unstable dynamite. Drop it. She threw it she to the ground. She threw it. Right. <laughs> that was so I, funny. I'm surprised, Ed, that you didn't see that coming because I thought it was going to blow up when she was throwing the water balls, water bottles on top of it. Oh, goodness. Like she was slamming them in the bag. 
<sighs> and 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 I, I must say this, Ed. Uh, kudos to you because I totally did not. <laughs> I did not notice the new tooth work on uh, Michael there. But mm-hmm. uh, anyway, good stuff. I just wondered why it had to be Michael. Couldn't have been somebody else on the island that can't move on. But I know why because of the connection with with Libby. I, I get it. But right, yeah. no, Stephanie. We're the, here, here's the part in the show notes where I'm going to ask you to please click on the first link for Badger's right. notes. Yeah, I'm throwing it into the chat room. You're like really making me work tonight. Uh, you, dude, this is so much work. I can't Good even begin to tell grief. you. If I got to move the mouse, make the computer work. I know this. Now this is long and I've You're not gonna make me read it too. Oh, uh, we're going to we're going to try to get through okay, this. Hold on. Let me because there's a lot here. Bear with me. I, mean, I have to move my mic okay. to read this. Here we go, folks. Moving the microphone. Hey, that wasn't so bad. That wasn't bad at all. That wasn't so bad. You did really all good right, there. Thanks. All right. So Badger wrote in the forum and I'll start things off and I'll let you take over when I start messing things up so bad that, you know, you, people so will say, say, okay, please. and then I'm going to say, okay. okay. <laughs> all right. Okay. Here are my thoughts. Oh, by the way, this is from Badger. Yes. All right. Okay. Here are my thoughts on everybody loves Hugo and not in any particular order. First off, were you shocked when Alana went to pieces? I mean, she was a little rough in loading the bag with her water bottles, especially after Hurley explained how unstable they were. So I kind of knew that she was pushing her luck. But wow, it suddenly happened. And I was just staring at the screen with my mouth wide open. (laughs) Awesome television was waiting for a Hurleyism, though. Dude, you got some Alana on you, but that would have tied in. So uh, let's see. That would have tied in so nicely with past seasons, Uh, past season moments. All right. Love seeing the picnic scene. More on that scene later. The Connect Four game in the mental institution. The fact that Libby remembered Hugo being in the mental hospital or mental institution. And the vision of Michael. More off-island stuff to come. Hmm. In the the post here, anyway. Speaking of Michael, was his presence really necessary? I don't think so. And I just added that. Uh, Did I miss something? I was questioning whether the writers threw Harold Perrineau in just for the sake of a cameo, as I couldn't quite see why he was there. To apologize to Hurley for the death of Libby? I think so. uh, And that's Mm -hmm. me adding that. Um, Or was it a message about not blowing up the plane, a trick uh, to change the path of our losties and force them to make a journey to Camp Schmock? I don't know. I'm still trying to figure that out. My rant, the whispers. That is the best reason we're going to get. Come on. I have heard so many good ones from the fans. Couldn't they have borrowed from them? I felt cheated. Let's see. I feel felt cheated. He twice. I, I, I'm not sure what that meant. Anyway, they were explained away as trapped souls. And this explanation was delivered by Michael. I was hoping for more. Uh, love to see Jack's trust in Hurley. Jack has complete faith in him and he see, and he is finally seeing his role in all of this. I think that reflection over the ocean in the lighthouse was a real eye opener for Jack. And he is finally learning that he can't fix everything and he has to let go. Awesome. One liner from schmock to Sawyer about whether schmock was making a, a spear. Mm-hmm. Okay. When the time is right, it'll tell me. Similar to Hawking's last line, it's about time. All right. Sticking with Camp Schmock, is Saeed just a lackey for Schmock now? I think so. That's me adding that. Uh, Anyway, or maybe Saeed is playing Schmock just like Sawyer. I wonder if it is just smoke and mirrors with them. 
oh wait let's see oh no wait that is just a thread of the flash sideways okay another thing that ha- that intrigued me was the arrival of jack hurley son and lapidus at camp schmock jack's face upon seeing the face of Locke was striking and the look on son's face as she searched for Jin. maybe kimi was right some people aren't meant to be together and Jin is now the only one that Schmock is shy of. Oh, the only one he doesn't have. Okay, got it, got it, got it. But does he need him? I don't know. I think so. Mm, He wasn't on the plane that got them all back because he never left the island. Ah, very good point. You you all came back together. Uh Aha. Good point. Okay, thanks. All right. Now, since they have turned up their own free... Let's see. Now, since they have turned up their own free will... Turned up of their own free ah, will. thank you. I forgot Would you like me of. to take over now? Yes, please okay. do. Now, since... Now, hey, since they have turned up pretty good. their... Yes, turned up of their own free will. What does that mean for Schmock? And does the sudden belt of luck mean that Kate is now irrelevant and she can be thrown the, to the creepy Claire? I like that. Okay. Um, He did state to Claire that he was three shy and that whatever happens happens after that. It will be interesting to find that out. Of course, I can't leave the island without touching on Des and Schmock. These two fine actors really know how to get the most out of their characters and their scenes. Desmond's newfound self is actually comforting somehow and he does seem fearless. As Schmock later pointed out, does this mean that Desmond should be afraid? Is okay, is this what Schmock expected? I'm not sure if Desmond fully believes that Schmock is Locke, though he does harp back he though he right? Yeah. Though he does harp back to the hatch and the button. Right. I don't right, know. Right, does mean, okay, anyway, I wasn't listening. All right. You weren't listening. I'm sorry. I <laughs> You're <did>. making me read. <laughs> <Okay>, anyway, <laughs> it might be a typo. I'm sorry. Um, I take that back. I'm totally listening. I wasn't reading the chat room at all. And the button, which might make him recall Locke as the person who helped him push the button. The most amazing part of their scenes was the appearance of the boy. Locke looked shocked and uncomfortable, and Desmond seemed curious. Good that Desmond saw him like Sawyer did, but was this the same boy? I knew as soon as I saw the well that Desmond would be finding out just how deep it was. (laughs) Not sure why I felt this, but I did feel that Schmock cannot kill Desmond because the rules don't apply to him. That's in quotations. Um, So the well was a way to keep Desmond contained somehow. Okay, the off-island stuff. Awesome to see Libby back. Was wishing to see more of her story. And who didn't get a jump inside when the male voice asked Libby if she was bothering Hurley in the restaurant, thinking it was David, Libby's husband. I know I did. And the picnic scene. So awesome. And when they kissed and he flashed, it was magical yet earth shattering at the same time. I was glad that Hurley was shown something by Desmond without a near death experience. I do think though that Locke's experience was a bit extreme on the part of Desmond. Although Locke is happy in love and does not need to be shown through a love connection, I do wonder why Des went to such extremes. Maybe Locke will be operated on by Jack after all. And they will all need to somehow be in the hospital to bleed this timeline 
into the real timeline. I am sure the storyline will be racing downhill at full pelt from now on. So brace yourselves for a hell of a ride. Wow. Badger, thank you very much for sharing lot. all of your wonderful thoughts here in the forum. I think that is amazing and uh, a lot of stuff to think about there. Right. I'm going to say about the about Desmond hitting lock. Uh-huh. I think because and I, I'm pretty sure I said this on Tuesday because I'm pretty that Desmond has merged. Yeah, there's a lot of debate. And so wouldn't over this, he though. have to wouldn't he have to kill that lock to keep him from becoming possessed by the smoke monster? Yeah, I don't know. Or take or whatever. Anyway, I don't I don't know. I'm not gonna pretend that I know what's going on. Here's the deal. I I, I I'm gonna side with the people who who would say that I don't believe that Desmond is fully aware of both what's going on both places. And I agree with Sam. Sam says, I swear I saw Locke's eyes change after he was hit. And I agree with him. Sam in the chat room is saying that there was a change in Locke's eyes after he was hit. And I agree. I thought the same thing. Okay. Yeah. All right. Hey, let's move on to Dave from Pittsburgh. This is what Dave had to say. Hi, this is Dave from Pittsburgh for the uh, Weekly Lost podcast. And two thoughts. One. Um, the, I, we keep talking about not knowing the name of, of, uh, smock. And I'm wondering if, obviously it's significant. Um, but I remember reading somewhere something about in ancient times, knowing somebody's name actually gave you some sort of, um, not power over them, but just sort of, uh, uh, I don't know the, it, it, it gave you some sort of authority over them or, or maybe just a relationship thing where, where you knew their name, then you you had some sort of uh, something about them. And maybe their withholding his name is significant in the sense that right now, you know, he's in control. But once we find out what his name is, then maybe that's when we'll start seeing him lose control. Anyway, that was totally, totally random thought there. The other totally random thought that I had was, uh, you know, we, we keep talking about, um, well, they keep talking about trusting Jacob and how various characters are having trouble trusting Jacob. And I wonder if there's a probably unintentional parallel between their trusting Jacob and our trusting the writers to, uh, to wrap things up well and, and to put everything together in the end and that it all will make sense in the end, just like they're trusting Jacob. Pro- totally unintentional, probably, but I... I it just occurred to me. Uh, I thought I'd share. Thanks a lot, and uh, keep up the great work. All right. Thanks, Dave, in Pittsburgh for that call. And, you know, I like the idea. If you go back and watch every scene where they've talked about trusting Jacob. Well, you know, Jacob told me all along from the first time I met him, he's told me that there's a purpose, that there's an overall plan. And if you think about that, everything that right. you would have in those conversations applies to perhaps, it, you know, just replace Jacob with the writers of the show and us as the lost fans. Um, and perhaps that means that, that schmock is actually the network. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Maybe that's why they won't tell us his name. Oh, goodness. Um, yeah. You know what? I do trust the writers. Yes. And I know that not every question will be answered and I'm okay with that. Right. Well, hey, I don't even know what my most important question is. I don't either. I I just I am just I want to know I want to know Locke's name. I, the the smoky man. 
Smoky Man. I, I, the Smoky Man. I want to know. I want to know what Schmock's real name is. Um, I want to. I want to see if they give a clear explanation as to uh, the building of you know of the the Swan Station that the 108 minutes. You know why? Why okay. exactly 108 minutes? I do know one thing that I don't think I would be able, as a parent, to live without. What's that? If Son and Jen and Claire are not reunited with their children. Okay. I think as a parent, that's really going to bother me. Okay. Would that bother you? It would bother me. All right. So there is another link into the forum here. I just threw it into the chat room, Stephanie. And this is our um, thoughts are we from on Wolf Gold now. Yes, we're going to Wolf Gold. Sweet. And that's going to take us right into the forum here. And uh, what timeline really matters is what he's asking. That's a very good question. <laughs> here, here's what Wolf Gold says. He says, listen, it seems that the point of the whole thing, everything is keeping Schmokey on the island, right? Uh, if that's the case, I see no compelling reason at all to shed tears over the main timeline ceasing to be unless in the sideways timeline Smokey has been freed and is now roaming the world in Godzilla fashion or subtler way subtler ways uh, and is making our little world a much much worse place he says I care for our guys but the story points at a much more crucial thing whether in this time let's see whether in this or that timeline people are happier or not is besides the point life is sometimes well he says basically sometimes in life stuff happens only he doesn't say stuff anyway uh and sometimes not anyway just trying to go for the perspective thing i think it would be so cool to see Schmokey or schmock for cliff's sake uh in the sideways timeline now i would like to see it, it would be neat to see Smokey in the sideways timeline okay off island off island yeah how are you gonna recognize him like who would he be i would, would he like be the original i would like to i would like to see him in smoke form in smoke form but they said if he got off the island everything would cease to be this is true so i don't know how that fits into the to the theory that wolf gold has and since there. we haven't seen jacob in the flash sideways why would we assume that we could see Smokey in the flash sideways i don't know but i like your I'm first just asking question i like your first question your first question if Smokey gets off the island everything all these people everything will cease to be that's what they keep saying it will be the end of the world. Well, should I read Jennifer's <clears throat> response? Yes, go right ahead. Okay, so I've, Jennifer, I've not looked at that yet. Jennifer in I'm gonna Alabama. Is that yeah, what? Okay, that would be Alabama. That would be Alabama. I'm not so good with the, all the the state um, abbreviations. <laughs> I'm just not not gonna pretend to be. It's hard to say which timeline matters. I say both matter. Desmond is such a wild card in Lost, considering the rules don't apply to him, and since he ran over Locke in the alternate timeline. I wonder if he thinks Smokey was set free in the sideways. Eloise knows more than she says, as always with her character. The island story, for me, is the one that matters most, and the alternative timeline is just a storytelling device. A very, very awesome storytelling device. I did not focus much on the differences in happiness however since everyone is so happy in the sideways stories there was something fishy about that and they are now pointing out with the deja vu stuff yes that would mean kate is innocent in the sideways i was wrong mm. i wonder if Smokey is running around godzilla fashion in the sideways and that's why desmond hit him with the car and then she gives a wink 
Hmm. It's him at the car. All right. Next up, we've See, got I'm a... not so... Sh- Wait a minute. Hold on. Oh, okay. I, I'm so sorry, Steph. I, I'm, well, I'm just kind of putting all this... I can't just read them and then not process them out loud. Sure. Is that what, what you want from me? Because yeah, I could give you that. Process, baby. Okay. Here's the thing. Are they happier in the sideways? I think... Jack's I don't know. still divorced. Kate's still on the run. Wait, 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 wait a second. Wait, be, wait, freeze, freeze. Go back. J- Jack's divorced in both places. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay, but he has a son in the flash sideways whom he seems to be reconciling a relationship with and getting closer to. Now. that Well, that's you're asking. I think he's a happier guy. I think life is better in the sideways. Okay. 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 Go go on. Uh, no, no, that's no, okay. Keep I'm processing. Just I'm just saying Kate's still on the run, although this time she's innocent. Well, she's okay. innocent. You yeah. would think that wouldn't make her happier <laughs> to be wrongly accused. Okay? I, I, th- I think that's not going to make she's you happy. A, I think she's innocent. And, it's going to make you frustrated. And I think she's going to be acquitted of all things. Okay. Um, Son and Jen are sneaking around on her father and not married. I, I don't see them as being happier, she's but they pre- weren't happy to start with. She's pregnant and they're together. They weren't happy until they got to the island. She's pregnant and they're together. Okay. If you say they're happier, I'll whatever. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I'm just saying whatever. I know you're just saying whatever. And I'm just saying, we're going to play Jackie's call from North Carolina. Hi, this is a message for the lost podcast. My name is Jackie from North Carolina. And, um, I hear you guys saying things about, um, that you think the, sideways, flash sideways, are what would happen if Jacob didn't touch them. But my question is, if that is true, then with Son and Jen, he touched them after they got married. So why would they not be married? Why would that affect them? That's that's my question. So if you can please answer that on your next podcast and explain your theory, that would be great. Thank you. Bye. Well, Jackie, I'm afraid I have no explanation. You just shot the hole in my theory. No. Just like the hole that was put into Sun's gut in the side. <laughs> that was mean. <laughs> I'm sorry. It just um, came up in the chat room. It did. And I put LOL. <laughs> so anyway, um, I, um, mm, okay. In ooh, our you got current, a um and a mm. Yeah. <laughs> My brain is like really trying to work. I see that. Okay. It's kind of scary. <laughs> so in our current timeline, Jen and son were given permission by her father to marry, but then he had to work for Mr. Paik for so long. Yes. So maybe it's the other way around. Maybe he has to work for him and then they can get married. Yeah. But that doesn't make sense that they're still sneaking around. So see? Yeah. Well, the thing is, is I even talk holes in my own theories. Well, okay. Here's the deal, Jackie. The, the, the theory here. Okay. The theory here. Is that okay? I have I have an answer for Jackie. Oh no! Wait. Okay, here we go. So it all starts with Thomas. I'm just kidding. that was a joke. I heard. I, I was trying to, see to you, ignore. I was just seeing if you were listening. Nope, not listening to that. All right, Stephanie and and Jackie, the two of you, because yes. nobody else is listening. It's just the three of us here. Right. All right. So here's the situation. You, your question is: If the flash sideways is all the things, this is what life would have been like had Jacob never touched anybody's life. Right. He wouldn't have touched these people. Well, you might say, well, Jacob didn't touch son and Jen until their wedding. Right. Well, the problem is, 
is that when you change one thing over here, that everything, every single day, something changes in the overall scope of things. So it's like that whole idea of, you know, if, if I was to, um, let's just say if I was to go out and cut somebody off, um, you know, on the road, okay. And cause them to, to swerve and, and, and they, you know, blow out a tire. Well, guess what? They show up 30 minutes late for work. Well, that could have affected somebody else who was supposed to that day in the real timeline who was going to have breakfast put together. And so that person didn't get to go to breakfast and they didn't get to meet the waitress at the at the at the restaurant and the waitress at the restaurant because things different. I mean, it, it basically is the ripple effect. And so if you think about the fact that James uh, that James Ford was visited by Jacob when he was a boy just think of how his entire life was different from him not meeting them. So all these different things, it's changed everything. And, and, and wouldn't it be cool to think that every one of our characters are being shown that, you know what, these people matter, you know, your different, different decisions, different paths that you choose, not only do they affect your own future, but they have a ripple effect, not just with those you know, but people you don't even know. You don't even realize how much you impact the world. And so you know what the moral of the story is? That makes my head hurt. Smile every day Smile and every make day. somebody else's day better. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, that's a little deep for me and I'm checking out now. So. <laughs> hey, wait. What's next? We're going back to the forum uh, and to see what Daniel... Or Dan Audi, yeah, okay. he's he's got some uh, screen caps of the boy. That's the boy. Hey, that looks or like a boy I know. The boys. Uh, Dan Audi says this. Bad. He says, "Listen, I." He says, "I know I'm not." Gr- What's wrong? You can totally miss. I started singing High School Musical. The boys are back. Anyway, oh, okay. Go. Sorry. Anyway, Dan says, I know I'm not the greatest with faces, but I would swear that the teenage boy in this episode was different than the one in the substitute. For example, here's the screen capture. You don't have to be great with faces to know the difference between those, Dan. All right. So those t- are two different boys. Here's the boy at the top from tonight. Here's the next screen capture the su- from the substitute. Obviously. Both of them need some shampoo, though. Clearly different boys. Those can't be the same boy, right? No. Though, if you go to IMDb, no. it lists both of these boys as Kenton Duty. Seriously, it's, is it, that just makeup then? Because he, he, here, here in it the is. bottom, he looks so much younger. Uh, I'm like, saying. Okay. I'm saying, and uh, I'm looking at the IMDb, and here's a picture of him, and certainly. And he didn't look anything like either well, one of these. No, pictures. no, no, no. I, I'm looking at Kenton Duty in the uh, in the in the IMDb. The bottom one, absolutely dead on, 100 okay. dead on. The top one, the one from this week's episode, no way. Not not in a million years. You won't get me to believe it. No. And in fact, Eric Fisher says those are not the same person. When he says, I also thought they weren't the same person, which surprised me when watching the episode. Uh, five, two, let's see, five, two, eyes blue. Okay, anyway, uh, she says it's the same actor, though. Uh, it So it must be the same person. He has the same face, only darker hair and lots of blonde hair when a they were younger. A lot of kids have blonde hair when they're younger. Okay. And grows, I had blonde hair when I was younger. You had blonde hair when you were younger. Yeah, but this was just a couple of weeks ago and, and I don't know. Maybe Unless it is. Unless he's from a different time. 
Maybe he is. But yeah. Okay. I, I'll, I'll give it to you. I think it's him. Yeah. If, if they, I I'm think telling they probably you, the boy made... in this picture on IMDb. Yeah. Who's, I just have to tell you, Kenton, you're a very handsome young man. Mm-hmm. Very handsome. Oh, look at how I clicked on his picture and made it bigger. Look at how suave he looks with his eye, with his sunglasses hanging on his oh. shirt. <laughs> I mean, doesn't he look cool? Anyway, sorry. I have to tell you, you're a very handsome young man, but I don't see you as that. He just doesn't look old enough to be the boy from this week's episode. I think it's possible. I, I think what they must have done is put something in his hair to like make his the- hair darker. And and I think maybe it's the clothes and the lighting. But like even his nose looks different. I know. I know. I, mean, the nose I know. And the his the boy on the bottom, Kenton. What was Kenton, Kenton duty, duty? Right. Yeah. yeah. His lips are closer together, like from Crete from. Are you, are you looking yeah, at Yeah, 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 yeah. Then the boy has, the boy on top has wider yeah, lips. Yeah, has wider lips, yeah. I'm telling you, they, they cannot be, um, And look at the nose, the nose. I mean, that's unless, what I'm saying. The, I mean, it's like the substitute was how long ago? I don't know. Was that this season substitute or was that last? Yeah, that was John Locke's episode yeah, that's this what season. I'm it's like, wait a sec, that can't be the same boy. I mean, his nose can't grow that much. The boy on the top. <laughs> Ken, you, you have. you Ken, have, then please call us and tell us if you yeah. played both boys. All right. Please. The world wants to know. Ah, anyway, I, I have no clue. And, and not that it really matters, but you obviously know, IMDB can... wants us to believe it's the same. Right. All right. And it would make sense that it's the same boy. Okay. I mean, like it would the, make for sense. That it just seriously doesn't look like him. It That's doesn't. All. Not at all. Anyway, we're going to move on to another call. This is from Joe in Cleveland. Hey, folks, this is Joe from Cleveland calling for the Lost Podcast. 23rd time listener, 42nd time caller. (laughs) One thing struck me as a bit dissonant in the beginning of The Flash Sideways in Everybody Loves Hugo. Pierre Chang appeared to be the same age in The Flash Sideways as he was when we last saw him in the um, 1977 uh, era stuff, whereas he would have been at least a couple of decades older uh, in, I guess that's about 2004. So the question is, is that deeply meaningful or just one of those things? Inquiring minds want to know. Alrighty, well, we have an answer for you. However, I'm not going to tell you here. I'm going to encourage you to go back. <laughs> you cheater. To episode number 249. And for those of you who are, you know, you just want to be was able to get Joe there. Was that Joe from Cleveland? It was. It was Joe from Cleveland. Okay, I'm trying to find my place in the notes. Yep. So anyway, if you just go to lostpodcast.com and look at episode 249, there's a 40 minute interview. He answers. And uh, that question I was brought his up. Answer. And his que- his answer was very good. Was. Very good. And we had even some uh, spin-off theories that came out of that answer. So, Joe from Cleveland, I'm going to encourage you to go listen to episode 249. All right, so <laughs> you got to love that answer. I'm sorry, Joe. Was. I would tell you. Uh, no. No. The world I, I would tell you. I would, but you just no. need to go to listen to 249. Not allowed. All right, I'm Faith sorry. Uh, wrote in the forum and I posted a link to it there, Steph. Uh, this I'm is going. about the fat, the, the bag. <laughs> I know that almost, okay. that, that almost went really bad. Right. Okay. So anyway, what was in that bag Hurley <laughs> picked up on the beach right before he picked it up. He looked at a Russian book to whom did the book belong 
To whom did the little camp area belong? At first, I thought it was the bag of diamonds from Nikki and Paulo's grave, but I don't think... A, Miles grabbed the entire bag by digging up the grave, or B, he would have left it lying around if he had. Any ideas? I thought it was the diamonds also. Yeah, well, Faith actually responded. Yeah, I'm going to reply myself on this one because I just figured it out. The bag and the camp belonged to Alana, and it's Jacob's ashes. I feel better now. (laughs) Now the question is, why does Hurley need Jacob's ashes? Does he know what they do to Smokey? Yeah, and then uh, Five Two Eyes Blue says, I think he knows the ashes offer protection from Smokey, and perhaps he wanted an insurance policy of sorts if he was going to make the move to travel to Smokey's camp. They will come into play at some point, I am sure. Scott says, I, if you listen closely to the scene, however, you'll hear when Hurley shakes the bag, it rattles. If it was Jacob's ashes, it wouldn't have rattled, right? Not sure what was in it, but I don't think it's ashes. Hmm. And then actually, Faye says, hmm, that's interesting. It does It does look a lot like the bag Alana was carrying on, uh, carrying with the ashes, but maybe she's just put something else in there as well. I'm going to have to go with Faith and everybody else and say it's the ashes. It's the ashes. It's got to be the ashes. I, I'm, I'm, I would, I would be willing to say, you know what? It, it's the ashes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Matt Anderson is up next. Matt, take it away. Hello, Cliff and Stephanie. This is Matt Anderson calling from Minnesota. Uh, I have my theory of the week and this week it has to do with Desmond. I've been trying to figure out why Desmond is special and why Faraday, um, uh, told him that the rules didn't apply to him and that he was uniquely and miraculously special. And uh, the only thing I can come up with is that perhaps there's something significant about his parents. Uh, we, if you look at all the other characters, we've seen, I believe, almost all of the other characters' parents. We've seen a lot of the childhood of some of the other parents, but we haven't seen anything to do with Desmond's parents or anything with his childhood. Uh, so who are his parents? I'm going to say that the reason he's special is because the father of Desmond is, in fact, Jacob. Uh, This is a crazy theory. We, you know, of course, who would be the mother then? I don't have any good idea of who it could be other than perhaps Eloise Hawking could be the mother of Desmond, which, you know, that would be nuts. I don't know how much of that would be true, but I think that Jacob being the father of Desmond is very likely. So, Interested to see what you guys think about that. Again, thanks for the great weekly podcast you guys put out. Hope you have a great day. Bye-bye. All right. So anyway, Stephanie's giving me the evil eye over here. I've asked her to lighten up on the keyboard because I was getting ready to unmute. She's like, what you think? What you talking about, Willis? Now, I'm, you know, now I'm just going to have to type harder and louder next time. <laughs> All right, it's Matt. It's not like I sit here and, you know. For your, for your theory, I'll say it's interesting. Uh, his father, Desmond's father being Jacob? I don't know. Didn't, we already talked about this. Did we? You don't remember? We had a whole conversation about 
Desmond being the son of Jacob and having to sacrifice everything for the island. Oh, yes. I remember that. (laughs) Now, he doesn't pay attention to the show. He doesn't pay attention to the to the podcast. (laughs) Spell it out for him. Okay, now what were you going to say about his comment? I was just going to say, I I don't know. Maybe it would it would be an interesting thing. I'll tell you, last time we talked about it, you said you liked it. Okay, I like it. (laughs) I still like it. Oh goodness! This is what we should. We need to move this thing to the afternoon. No, <laughs> you need to start taking better care of yourself. That's what needs to happen. Well, you know, if I wasn't so darn sick all the time. Well, that's what I'm saying. Start uh, taking better care of yourself. I will. I'm going back to the doctor again this week. I'm so tired. Are you going to the doctor? What, what do you want me to go to the doctor and get well or not? No, I want you to take better care of yourself and not need to go to the doctor. <laughs> when was the last time I was at the doctor? Oh, good. are we really going to go there? Can we? This is the this is not family from the heart. Well, then we'll family from the heart dot com. We'll save it for next week. All right. So anyway, uh, let's see here. Nancy S, who happens to be coming to our GSPN TV. Awesome. Uh, lost finale party. She says not. Oh, by the way, did I put? The, yeah, I put a link to this in the show notes. Good. Or in I'm the going. Uh, I'm pe- going. in the form. Okay. Uh, the chat room. That thing over there to the left. Not that a couple of years matter in a show like Lost. But I have been so confused about the fact that the Flash Sideways is in 2004 and the island is currently in 2007. Last week when they reintroduced Desmond and started to merge the timelines, I still wondered how this would come about. When Locke threw him into the well, I thought, that's it. Isn't that where the frozen donkey wheel is located and both Ben and the real John Locke left the island and controlled time travel? Does anyone else see the possible connection or do you think that the year doesn't matter in the final plot? I think that it has to because if they all die in 2007 on island, I don't see how the 2004 timeline can continue. After all, the people who we know as dead that are in the flash sideways were still alive in 2004. Perhaps course correction in parentheses, God, will still take them when it's their time. But under possible different circumstances, what do you think? Hmm. What do you think, Steph? I have no idea what I think. I, I th- I'm still thinking about how I never go to the doctor because I take better care of myself. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. <laughs> <laughs> well, Nancy, I think I do like the idea of course correction. And if they if they continue just, on. Yeah. Uh, too long in the sideways that eventually when it's their time it's gonna see it right they're gonna they're going to end up meeting yeah. their maker ultimately anyway and that's why we see a lot of things kind of is that of how parallel. we know that son will be fine yeah i think so it's because she well do right. we do we know that son will be fine i believe she will because i like her and i don't want them to kill her and and of course the producers know that and so therefore she's fine all right, moving right along. Here comes Wayne Henderson from sunny South Carol- California. Not California. Hey, Cliff. Hey, Stephanie. Wayne Henderson hey, here Wayne. calling in for the Lost podcast. And uh, what an awesome episode of Lost this week. Happily Ever After, one of the top five ever episodes of Lost, in, in my opinion. And I'm pretty jaded. But uh, I wanted to call in because you know how after Desmond kind of came to and came out of Widmore's machine, all of a sudden Desmond could see everything clearly and it all made sense. Well, here's what I think happened. While he was out, you know, and in the process of being in uh, Widmore's machine, I think Desmond somehow met up 
with Claire's ex-boyfriend, Thomas. <laughs> and, you know, Thomas being the key, he was able to clarify everything for Desmond, and now it all makes sense thanks to Thomas. Now, um, Stephanie, I know that... <laughs> Uh, that's not what you wanted to hear. I know your views <laughs> on Cliff Thomas theory, but uh, I just had to share it. It just came to me. <laughs> Talk to you guys later. That is awesome stuff. Wayne, <laughs> let me tell you, my friend, I don't believe a word you just said. I think you just made all of that up, Cliff. <laughs> you think? I do. I don't know. I, it could be. They could have just be. went out and had tea. They could have. Yeah. But I don't see it. There you go. Anyway, here comes some questions from Stephen D. in England. He writes in uh, via email, says, say, so what's up with the orchid? Where's the orchid? Uh, the orchid was built on top of the well. Now we have all we have is this well. What changed? Also, by the way, that also goes on to. OK, on to Nancy's. Um, what was it? Five eyes blue. What, what was that person? Five guys, bl- burgers and fries. <laughs> No, the screen name, you're so, five, five two, two eyes, eyes blue, says that, <laughs> uh, commented on Nancy's um, thread in the forum, I'm wondering if this is a different well. Wasn't the yeah. donkey wheel well near one of the Dharma stations and closely surrounded by foliage, uh, foliage, <laughs> sorry. Foliage? Yeah. Um, okay, this one was more was out in the open. Rap, by the way. <laughs> it was, right? You can get recycled Reynolds <laughs> right now, I may not have. Surely recycled aluminum. Didn't, I just saw a commercial for nice. it. Anyway, um, I thought at first that Locke was going to persuade Desmond to turn the wheel to boot him off the island, but it appears that Locke, A, can't kill him, and B, wanted to be rid of him until he could escape off the island. So, Five Two Eyes Blue thinks that it's a different well. So that goes on to, got to click all over the place, Stephen's question, which... It could be a different well. Yeah, I, I I'm pretty sure it's a different well. In fact, there there are there's a lot of talk going on all over the place. But uh, I think I think this is certainly a different well. It's not the same. I don't think the frozen donkey wheels down below. All right. I don't think there's anything down below except Desmond. Exactly. All right. So uh, let's see here. Also, Locke said that people the people who built the well didn't find that they were what they were looking for. Uh, you realize this means there's no frozen donkey wheel, too. Of course, I think there is a frozen donkey wheel. It's just in a different well. Right. Uh, anyway, uh, and by the way, that's me answering his question. Uh, and then, of course, Stephen also says one other thing I noticed. Lenny was not in Santa Rosa. Uh, there was a guy planting playing Monopoly, but it was it wasn't Lenny. Um, let's see here. This means that Hurley was never hears the numbers off of him. Therefore, does not win the lottery with them either. Although he still wins the lottery, I bet it's not with 4, 8, 15, 16, 23, 42 anymore. Stephen from England. Now, I have a question for you, Stephanie. Please don't yell at me. But did in the sideways, did Hurley win the lottery? Because I don't remember that. I, he did. He, so he's the luckiest man alive. And so on the plane during the premiere episode, maybe he mentioned that he won the lottery. Okay. All right. I don't, I didn't want to just like, yeah, no, that's fine. Thank I'm, you. Th- but I'm not I wanna, yelling at I you. I want to say thank you for not yelling at yeah, me. You're welcome. But it, I mean, it's been, it's been downplayed at, at least. Yes. Uh, cause we've seen Hurley several times. We saw him in the, but, um, the lock flashback right. and we saw him. But Sawyer said, maybe you shouldn't be telling people that. Yeah. Right. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, uh, but I, I do think that probably the numbers don't mean anything at this point. I do agree with that. Okay. 
All right, and then, uh, Stephanie, we have our last caller of the weekend show here, and this goes to our friend Richie in Germany. Hi, Stephanie. Hi, Cliff. This is Richie calling for the Lost Podcast. I read a very, very interesting theory, or it's more kind of observation online, so it's not mine, but it's definitely worth sharing. So when we think back about the finale of Season 5, Dr. Pierre Cheng lost his arm during the incident. And after he lost his arm, um, the uh, bomb was... The bomb exploded, and so this created the flash sideways timelines, right? No, not right, because if this created a flash sideways timeline, he sh shouldn't have his arm there, because he lost his arm before the explosion of the bomb, and if the explosion created the two timelines, he couldn't have a healthy arm, or two healthy arms, in both timelines. But in last night's episode, we clearly see that in the Flash Sideways timeline, he has two healthy arms. We see this when he's applauding Hugo for winning his prize of being Man of the Year. So this leads to the conclusion that the atomic bomb did not create the split in the timeline. Greetings from Germany. The Thomas theory is still wrong. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Richie, I love you. Uh, I don't know about that. So, so what do you think about that? The the bomb did not create the split that we're seeing. Juliet dying did not really create this alternate sideways timeline, and it's all result. Well, I don't think Juliet dying created it. I think the setting off the bomb created. Well, I mean, it. It was, she died okay. as a result of that. She died as a result of right. that. That's what I meant to um, say. I, I still think that that's what it is. Yeah. 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 Um, I do. Yeah. The bomb he, but, mixed with the yeah, but in the but in the seventies, Marvin Candle was well. We don't know that in the sideways if he ever was on the island. When we, was the we know that the Ben and his dad that, was on the island in the seventies, right. but we don't know that Candle was. No, we don't. You mean in the sideways? No, in the yes, in the sideways. Okay, because I'm going to say in our current timeline, we we do know that. Yes, and that's when he lost his arm, right? Yeah, he he lost his arm. I thought I thought he lost his arm during the during the, the whole, incident the, the incident the, right. that that happened there in the building of the Swan Station, right? Well, yeah, yeah, I thought so. Yeah. Okay, so I still believe. I'm sorry, I, Richie. I love you for saying that the Thomas theory was wrong. I just I do. I disagree, but that's okay. But I don't, I, I still think that the bomb is what created the split. You don't think that? No, I, I do oh, think you do. the bomb created the split. Okay. I do too. Okay. I do um, too. And we, we don't really know that he lost his arm before the bomb, do we? I, I, yeah, this is one of those See, things. See, that's the thing. There are like, other people out there would definitely know. If I'm watching the, we'll check the chat room. They'll, they'll correct us, but. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm hearing like, ooh and ooh and laughing out loud, but I think okay, they're having well, a side. They're way, having a conversation. They're having a side conversation. Right. Yeah. So here's the thing. Um, okay. When we saw Sam him. Sam says Pierre damaged his arm before the bomb. Okay. Yeah. Before the bomb. Before the bomb. I think he did as well. Because right the before, first it was orientation right the film bomb. that we saw him in mm -hmm. as Marvin Candle, he had the prosthetic arm, right? 
In the orientation film, yes. And that's supposed to be in the early 80s. Yes. So, right? Yes. Am I right? Well, that's when the copyright was, yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and anyway. I. Yeah, I don't I know. know. Anyway, so that is pretty much our coverage for the weekend show here. Right. Uh, special thank you to everybody who posted in the forum. There's more in the forum that I didn't get to, but... Uh, want to say thank you to everybody. It's awesome. Um, totally blown away by the awesome interview that we had the opportunity to do. Really want to encourage that folks so to go back fun. to episode 249 if you haven't listened to it already. Um, also, a little update here. Um, I just want to let you know the Lost Party. Uh, we have extended an invitation to all other Lost podcasters who want to uh, participate and help promote and uh uh, come to our finale party and got an email this afternoon from Anna in Indiana. Uh, she's got uh, uh, the Jacob's Cabin Lost podcast and uh, she's coming to the Lost Party. So we're very excited about that. In fact, um, I went and subscribed to the Jacob's Cabin Lost podcast today and it is a pretty good podcast. I mean, it really is. It's uh, it's it's a podcast from two female. It's a female perspective podcast. Uh, it's Anna and her, I guess her friend Denise are doing awesome. the show. Uh, if you guys want to, and now she uses a wordpress.com account, I think is where I saw it. Anyway, I've created an easy link. If anybody wants to check it out, find out who Anna is because she is going to be coming. Uh, and she's going to be inviting the folks that listen to her podcast to come as well. Uh, so gspn.tv slash cabin podcast. So again, if you go to gspn.tv slash cabin podcast and that'll link you to her page that'll le- right. link you over to the jacob's cabin lost podcast awesome and they have a really great header for their site by the way cool really cool stuff anyway um and uh yeah so what we're gonna do is we're going to play what's coming up on lost if you don't like spoilers then you don't want to listen to this because it you know it might be a little spoilish but we'll be right back after this Don't you want to know? This is Lost Away Bonnie with your preview of next week's episode. Lost Season 6, Episode 13 is called The Last Recruit and will air this Tuesday at 9 p.m. on ABC. Next week, the 27th, there will be no new episode. A repeat of Abby Tierno, the Richard-centric episode, will air on the 27th. Then new episodes will resume on the 4th. But we still have one more. Wait a second. Wait a sec. Hold hold the hold the phone here. What? Hold on. No. Whoa. 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 I gotta go back. Hold this on. This is Lost Away Bonnie with your preview of next week's episode. Lost season six, episode thirteen, is called "The Last Recruit" and will air this Tuesday at nine p.m. on ABC. All right. So the next episode is this Tuesday. All right. Let me just see if I heard. That. Okay. So that next episode is this Tuesday. Next week, the twenty seventh. Next week, the 27th, uh, Stephanie's not listening to this, by the way, so I'm I'm telling her right now. Next right. week, the 27th, there'll be no new episode. No new episode. Right. I knew, that knew there that? were I knew there was going to be a week off. They're replaying Richards. How did you know that? And why? But why? <laughs> to make it more painful. Oh my gosh. 
This is news to me. Anyway, take it away, Bonnie. Episode. A repeat of Abbey Tierno, the Richard-centric episode, will air on the 27th. Then new episodes will resume on the 4th. But we still have one more before the little break, The Last Recruit. ABC synopsis reads, Alliances are forged and broken as the Locke and Jack camps merge. The most interesting thing about this episode is the title, The Last Recruit. Will the rest of the names get crossed off the cave and or lighthouse dial until we are left with just one? That's what it sounds like to me. It'll be interesting to see Locke's camp and Jack's camp together. It looks like they go to Hydra Island and are greeted by Zoe and company's guns. The flash sideways should be interesting for this one. We'll see Nadia and also Jack's son David, but no sign of Juliet or Sarah, so we still might not find out who David's mother is. For more information on Lost, Season 6, Episode 13, The Last Recruit, visit lost.about.com for my previews and photos. I also have a calendar that lists the rest of the episodes for the series. This is Bonnie Koval for GSPN's Weekly Lost Podcast and lost.about.com. All right. Well, there you go, my friends. Goodness, I, I, I feel so let down to know. And it's in the chat room. They're saying, if you, do the, if you do the math and pull out a calendar, it's like, listen, I don't do math. Oh, I do. I know you do. I knew. Stephanie knew. Of course you knew. Right. You knew everything. So there's a new episode this week, the 20th. Yeah. And then there's not one next week, the 27th. Right. And then we'll sh- we should play out. Yeah. And then the, the night of the 23rd, there's like... Five hours. Yes, there is going to be it's five on from hours. Like seven to um, twelve. Yeah, they're a two-hour series recap, a two-hour finale, and a one-hour special host with Jimmy Kimmel interviewing. Yeah, the 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 cast and so exactly right. And of course, uh, our party our party will be going until midnight. If you are worried, uh, it will be going all the way through the midnight hour. Yeah, but how are we going to record and watch Jimmy Kimmel? It's not really going to work. We'll probably record after Jimmy Kimmel. I don't know. I, I know because if it goes up to midnight, we can move out into the lobby and <laughs> record on the <laughs> <He> lobby. Might, <laughs> we might have to call him over at the hotel and, and let him right. know that we need to stay there until twelve yeah. thirty. Okay. I don't know. Okay. We'll, we'll work something out. Anyway, well, folks, that is our review. And Stephanie reminded me last week that I forgot to say, or yes, last I week, know, last yesterday. night, yesterday, it was so frustrating because I, I was waiting I'm just for not it. Used and then to podcasting during the day, whatever. You're not on, used to being awake while you podcast. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so that makes you more likely to forget things. Yeah. So anyway, uh, what we will do is we're going to play the Lost Party promo here, and before we do that, we just want to say, until next time. Stay lost. This is lost away. And that's not the right that's button. <laughs> <laughs> All right. One more time. Don't push the button. The button is bad. The button is bad. We'll just say stay lost, folks. You followed the story. Do you think we crashed on this place by coincidence? You've listened to the podcast. It's destiny. And now it must come to an end. You and me are getting the hell off this island. But not before Cliff and Stephanie throw a lost series finale party. Pack your bags. Make your reservations. We're going on vacation, baby. 5 p.m. Eastern, Sunday, May 23rd. The Lost Series Finale Party. We need to get to the safe house. The party will be at a secure facility, but you must RSVP to get in. Don't miss the GSPN Lost Finale Party. It's your last chance. Well, thank God for second chances. Sign up 
today at gspn.tv slash lostparty.